1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: This is the Gruppetto Report. We are in the uh, over-the-top studios on Old Stage Road here with Ben Day, Coach Ben Day of Day by Day Coaching. Uh, ben, it's the off-season Wind is blowing like crazy. There's a lot of snow on the ground. Uh,
3: makes me want to just ride my bike. <laughs> a little bit of sarcasm in that one. It's, uh, I have to say, Colorado. It's some of the windiest conditions that I've ever ever ridden a bike in. Some of the days out here are horrible, horrible, horrible.
2: And I don't mind riding in bad conditions. If there's no way I would have yeah. gone out this I yeah.
3: uh, you either have to have to go east or west. Riding Highway Thirty Six north of Boulder, where the the winds coming off the the gusty winds are coming off the flat irons and sort of quartering you across the road. Like I've been on that road before and had to walk to the next intersection I could really? find, where I can then go east, put up my spinnaker and go downwind for a while. It wasn't a lot of fun.
2: Well, we always have fun with it at ski areas because you unzip your jacket, put your back to the wind, hold the coat out like wings, and. Poof. <laughs>
3: Don't talk to me about skiing. It didn't go so well for me. So.
2: <laughs> so off season, I mean, my bike's on the trainer there in the basement. How important is it to take a break? And part of me is asking that because I, I just am so blown away by people who put in a really intense road season. And then they're out there just killing it over cyclocross. And by the time cross season
3: ends, they're gearing up for road. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to be able to talk about this subject because I, I really feel like this time of year is so pivotal for the following year and really setting yourself up for success. It takes a lot of patience, you know, like people finish their road season, they're super enthusiastic, you're right, like there's that, that call of cyclocross racing and whatever beers involved in that sort of a sport as well. <laughs> um but if if a rider who's riding seriously throughout the year doesn't take this time to, to sit back and, and let their body recover both physically and mentally, they're going to suffer from some form of burnout in the in, in later part of the season where it actually really matters. You know, like if you screw this period of time up now, you're not really going to know about it until like April, April, May. And if you've got to take time off then, then you're in a whole different level of hurt, you know, trying to try to Negotiate around and navigate around that sort of an issue is, is a lot more. Um, I'm not even going to say challenging; a lot more impossible than than what it is to like say. This is the time we need to stop. This is the time we need to have a break, and you know, do it now. Look at the bigger picture, and then come back in fresher and, and stronger for the season to come.
2: Has this changed? Uh, you've been riding for quite a while, racing for probably most of that. You're a professional for. 17 years, 13 years, 13 years. years. Yeah. And how, I mean, has the importance of time off grown as a, as, uh, you know, we've gotten more advanced in our, our studies, power meters, everything like that.
3: Or did you always have, find value in an off season? It's funny. You go back and look at traditional training methods, especially like in Europe, where there's such history in cycling. And a lot of the things I did back then were right. Yep we didn't know why now that we have the numbers Uh, and we have the science and we've got the power meters and we've got all these metrics that we can put to it. We're actually looking at data to to confirm that this is a much better way to approach the season. And, but you know, you can't just brush everybody with the same um, paintbrush here, because if it's somebody who's only riding 10 or 12 hours a week, if you give them too much time off in the off season, they're going to lose a lot of the gains that they had. They didn't need Mm. as much time to recover from the fatigue that they've been in throughout the season so those sort of people we would generally aim at doing maybe two weeks off um but with the world tour riders for example we're going to give those guys like even four to five weeks off because that's what they need in order that need to be able to recover to get out of that that hole you know that that fatigue that they've accumulated throughout the entire year sort of digs them into this hole and if they don't have that opportunity to come out of that and and be fresh and focused and hungry and motivated again, then uh you're really just you're going to be in a, a lot of a lot of trouble later on down the line
2: as a coach, what kind of kickback or pushback do you get from your clients when you say you need to take time off?
3: everyone's different like I find some people it's like no, i don't want to take time off you know just and they'll either be honest and tell me that's not the worst situation. Um there will be others where they just do it anyway and don't really tell you about it and they're they're the ones where you can't really you can't do anything to be involved with those sort of decisions. So um it's we try to educate the writers that we work with. You know, we try to make them aware of the bigger picture, the goals, what we're working towards and just to keep them aware of the path that, that, that we're taking. So if you lay it out like that, and you say if you approach it like this, this is where we should end up, then quite often they'll be engaged and and um, they'll be part of that process, and they'll, they'll you know they'll appreciate why we're doing this and how important it is. Uh, and I really believe it is. This is a pivotal time of the year, a, a pivotal time of the year while you're sitting on the couch and eating some potato chips. You know, it's like you might not feel like a pivotal time of year, but You can lose a successful season by screwing this part of the year up.
2: Um, Lights flickering because of the storm that is raging outside. (laughs) Um, Potato chips, you actually brought up my next question. Uh, That's something I think a lot of people worry about. Time off the bike. It's holiday season coming up. I'm just going to balloon. You know, it gets kind of hard to say no when you've got friends, family over for a party. Is it okay to gain weight?
3: Yeah, so we generally recommend our athletes to gain some weight. Um, you know, I think uh, metric, you know, if somebody's 70 kilograms, putting on three kilograms is, is a healthy weight to put on. That's um, 150 pounds and they put on, you know, seven or eight pounds. I think that's a, that's a good balanced level where they need to put that weight back on, you know, on top of their race weight because their race weight is, is a pretty depleting place to be in you know it's it's stressing their immune systems it's it's stressing their endocrine system which is where we're talking um your testosterone levels your your natural hormonal levels which is so important for your ability to adapt and grow stronger from the training um so by putting that little bit of weight back on and instead of just jumping down the the whole potato chip bandwagon i think uh Maybe one or two beers here and there is not a bad thing, but focusing on like some really rich, healthy, hearty meals, I think is a, is the right way to put this weight on. And, um, you know, talking good fats like salmon, um, uh, you know, some hearty dishes that your mother would make you back in the day, I suppose that would be, uh, well-recommended.
2: I- I've been enjoying my eggnog fat with rum in it. So <laughs> have I done okay on the weight gain? Well, it's
3: pretty warm. Out. It's pretty cold out there. So you need to keep warm. So that's where the rum comes in handy. <laughs> but it's so important. Like that that endocrine system, it really is you're a human's lifeblood. And so if you're really working that system hard all year long, at one point it's going to start to peter out and it's not going to work as in an efficient manner as what it would what it would do if you sort of, take this whole process through stages where you're training hard but then giving yourself uh, the ability to to recover and, and adapt to that training and grow stronger everyone always needs to remember you don't get stronger until you sit on the couch and let that training get absorbed you know you're not getting stronger while you're out there doing that five-hour ride that's breaking you down that's essentially breaking you down it's not until you sit on the couch and you're a lazy bugger that you know you you actually get stronger and fitter and faster out of it People forget that.
2: How important is it to to avoid other sports during that time? I mean, I think about when I was really into racing and, uh, you know, was going pretty hard from March until October and then I needed my ski break and I would just take November, December, January, February, and really not even get on the bike at all, but I was skiing every day and, um, there's really no rest there though.
3: Yeah, so just to sort of break that question, mentally, very fresh. Yeah, mentally, <laughs> mentally is a really important, important part of it. Um, so just to go back a little bit, when you started that question, there it was like you spoke about how you were so focused just on riding from March to October, and that is a really important part of it because being successful, being a, uh, getting your, the most out of yourself on the bike, really comes down to a lot of specificity, you know, a lot of bike training, a lot of hours just on that bike that you're going to ride and race and train on. Um, That efficiency that you have on that bike is part of the reason why you can be successful on it. So by going out and doing a bunch of other things while you're trying to to really focus on your riding, can be detrimental, depending on what it is, but it can be detrimental. But when it comes to the off season and this period of time where you're not racing anymore and having this time off this is a great opportunity to actually balance your body out again because that efficiency factor that you gain during the season can actually be detrimental long term you know it's like uh riding a bike forever it doesn't do any wonders for bone density you know there's no impact there so bones become uh, a little bit more brittle and frail especially over the years Um, and then from there it sounds like the that's the the wind
1: That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
3: Um, other things too is like you, you just learn that motion, that, that repetitive cycling motion. You think about that your, your butt's planted on that seat your leg extension really isn't changing from pedal stroke, pedal stroke to pedal stroke. And something like 10,000 pedal strokes an hour multiplied by how many hours you do, that's a lot of efficiency you gain just by doing that one motion. But that there and that creates a, um, a weakness in that anything you do outside of that, you're no longer very good at. So a particular muscle group that I always find that, while well, human beings in general don't do very well, but... Um, but cyclists, especially glute mead, so your activation through your gluteus, your butt muscles are generally very, very weak in cyclists. And this is sort of like a stabilizing hip muscle. So if you're walking in a straight line, it's not a huge deal, but when you sort of step off to the side. So let's consider hiking, for example, or just normal everyday life. You're not always walking in this linear pattern and cycling is very much a linear pattern so it's creating these weaknesses when you get out there into the big bad world called life and um that's you can you know have issues with uh, injuries further down the line and
2: well you're really making me think with the linear motion with the leg i mean nordic skiing skating on my alpine skis one of my favorite workouts i actually would set a small slalom course on a beginner hill and skate it backwards so okay. i'd go uphill okay. <laughs> <laughs> or lift tower intervals where you run a snowshoe okay one lift tower and then survive walking to the next and then run all out oh,
3: wow, one. that sounds pretty brutal and it
2: really pushes the pain level which yeah. is awesome yeah uh, and I think it's really working your whole body. It's in a lot of ways.
3: It's working a bunch of different muscle groups. So, so it sort of brings it back that you're focusing on a more general, all-round fitness with that, you know. And, and cycling, whereas it's one of the best sports in the world to to gain this fit, fitness in the first place. If it's all you ever do, then it can create weaknesses and imbalances. Um, this is the time, you know. We're talking off-season right now. I have a lot of people going in to see the PT and having physio screens so that they see where those inefficiencies and asymmetries are. And, and we're doing corrective work now through, um, treatment, but also through, um, work in the gym, you know, strength work, isolating one side to the other. Um, just trying to re try to balance out the body. It's never going to be a hundred percent perfect. And that's and something to sort of, uh, be aware of as well, but, I think a really good motto to have is always strive for perfection. Know that you'll never quite get there. So it's an important time of year, something to get right.
2: How do you keep tabs on your clients during this time? I mean, you don't have power data coming in or anything like that. So maybe I'm, I'm, riding behind your back and just not <laughs> sending you the data
3: <laughs> yeah so well if it's a remote athlete and they're doing things that they don't want me to see then you know i'm not ever going to really know about okay. it. you know but you know power data is not the first metric that i look at ever with my athletes the first metric that i ever look at is the feedback how do you feel today and i work really hard to make sure that i have a great re- relationship with my athlete and we, you know, it's something that we do at day-by-day coaching for sure is just we, we sort of nourish that that relationship in a manner that it can be open and honest, you know, and sometimes it means that things are said that could be a little bit in your face, but both people appreciate that it's for the athlete's, you know, um, well-being, so... I expect to hear complete, open, and honest truth from my athletes, and I'm going to deal the same thing back to them. It's only in that manner that we we can get the the most out of that athlete, you know. So, um, so you know, I don't feel like anyone's doing anything behind my back, and it's something that, you know, where we have good relationships with our our people. So, I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned with that, and you know, it, it's also a matter of working within. Things that they want to do as well, you know. It's like we talk about having this break off, recovering, you know, physically, but mentally, you know, if they love to ski and they love to smash themselves out there and go really hard, if it's something that they come out of it and they feel reinvigorated and really want to get back into the cycling season again, it's something that will work within you know. Still want to have them have a little bit of lazy time on the couch, but if there are things that that really makes them happy and they feel like they really push to the side throughout the year. You know, we let them get involved with that. We let them let them enjoy themselves for sure. It's it's something to... It's balance. You've got to have balance. It's such an important thing.
2: Now, I'm just curious, as part of the cycling population ages, and there are a lot more Masters racers now than I think there have ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just been increasing. I mean, the importance for rest for someone who is my age, 50 plus, I mean, that's huge. Um, did seeing the importance there for the um masters <laughs> um did you start seeing that uh hey, this is working for them, we really need to bring that into uh our younger population as well,
3: yeah, you know, the hangovers are worse when you get older aren't they? so <laughs> <laughs> when you 're younger, you just have um you know your endocrine system is working over time it's it 's such a powerful force at that point, so you have a a greater ability to recover. It's just when you're younger, you have less awareness of of the things that you need to do. Um, But mentally you might be more willing to be able to, you know, smash through a brick wall wall per se. Um, Some of the the training routines and stuff I used to do when I was younger, you know, I wouldn't contemplate that now just because of how intense it was. Um, So, at the younger age, what we want to teach those people is to have good recovery protocols. And the fact that that is a very, very important part of the performance puzzle. You know, just to back back a little bit here, what we were talking about is this, you don't get faster until you recover. So you think about a training block. If, if you train hard one day but then have to rest the next day because you don't have the ability to recover in time, then you're training one day on, one day off, one day on. You know, it's not a lot of backing uh, days backed up or, of training.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Whereas you see, you know, seasoned professionals who have, you know, massive aerobic engines, they have this ability to go hard one day, hard another day. Hell, they do uh, grand tours, don't they? You know, that ability to be able to back up day after day after day after day, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. And that, you know, their performance is on the road aside. You know, look at that. And it's like, these are incredible athletes. The speed that they're going, the speeds that they're doing, the sprints, up the climbs, how intensely they're racing is one thing, but the fact that they're doing that, you know, for three weeks is incredible. You know, it's something that I don't know if many people have experienced how and how difficult that is to drag your ass out of bed each morning and pin that number back on and, and then go like a like a bullet out of the gate because every single day there's going to be a rider there looking for that opportunity. So... It's it's quite amazing. So it's something that's inherent in cycling is recovery. You know, recovery is a massive, massive part of performance.
2: How, when you were a professional racer, did you handle the off-season?
3: I would generally have four to five weeks off. You would? I, I, I took five weeks off one year and my butt was pretty sore when I tried to sit on the seat. <laughs> going into the new season so I decided that I'd stick it at four weeks after that so no so four weeks seemed to be a good number for me because I'd always find that two weeks I was pretty happy not to see my bike three weeks I'm like yeah I could do something I could definitely I feel like moving and at that point you know I would start to integrate in some gym I'd try some running but that never worked out too well for me um, the fourth week I'd be chomping at the bit to get on my bike again and that's what I look for, you know, working with the athletes. That's what I look for. It's like when they say, man, I've got to get back on the bike. Yeah, I need it. I need it. I'm like, okay, one more week. Because <laughs> then, then you know that when they actually get back on, everything's heightened, you know. Their their hunger, their their desire to really get into it is at that level that it needs to be. Because it's a long season ahead. You know, I already have guys training for races. Well, we're getting ready for races in March and we're now in the middle of November no already talking about the classics
2: man it's always a pleasure visiting with you uh you taking new clients
3: uh day by day coaching we're always accepting new athletes um you know we we have myself ben day we have chris baldwin uh, another local here in boulder colorado who's doing excellent work with the athletes uh another ex-professional as well jeremy hunt who used to he retired from uh, the sky racing team uh back in 2012 so a man with amazing experience as well, raced the Tour de France and the Classics. He's also accepting athletes. So we're here to um, really impart our our experience of 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 being out there and preparing for professional style racing. And we're really driven by performance. But you know we're not just about the professionals. We we really love working with anybody who has ambitions and and motivations to succeed in this sport. And we really want to help them.
2: What's your website?
3: Daybydaycoaching.com. Okay.
2: <laughs> well, that'll wrap up the Gruppetto Report. I'm uh, going to enjoy the few remaining days of my off-season before skiing starts. <laughs> Good. Over the top, cycling Boulder, Colorado. For Ben Day, I'm George Thomas.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby.